Yo, 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 it's your boy, Brother Blue. And first of all, thank you, thank you, and thank you again for coming back and checking out episode three of Random Series since the podcast. Me and Bill greatly appreciate it. Um, in this episode, we talk about what led to the slave trade going on now in Libya, um, automation, Amazon, China, and the future of jobs, and even net neutrality and this whole debate about what it is. So, as always, like, share, subscribe, and always hashtag random seriously. You claim that you fancy, but we show. You always around me, but we show. Could turn into brandy and Chardonnay and Chardonnay. I said, We back, baby. We are back. Hey, lucky we got him. What song are you singing? Good time. <laughs> a remix of the Good Time song. <laughs> yo, yo, we back. Episode three, Brother Blue and Bill. And we make a random seriousness where each week we meet to discuss topics that are oftentimes random. But always serious and thought-provoking, baby. You already know episode three. You know how we do. We're going to start off with a quote. My boy Bill got us this week. Yeah, man, I got one that I really, I really love, man, and, and, and take to heart. But it says, multiply time by giving yourself the emotional permission to invest time in things today that give you more time tomorrow. And that's by Rory Vaden, V-A-D-E-N. So what do you, what do you think about that, Brother Blue? Fire. Fire. Multiply time. time. <laughs> By giving yourself the emotional permission to invest time in things today that gives you more time tomorrow. Man, that's deep. That's deep for sure. <laughs> that joint's so real, yo. Yeah, man, because I was a big procrastinator for sure. Mm -hmm. I know, I, but, I, but I only, like, I was a big procrastinator, but I was also one that, like, I, I was trying to multitask to get as much things done at once so I can have more time to just Chill. not have to worry about mm -hmm. anything. Mm -hmm. But I know that's horrible for your for your psyche and everything like that. So I know multiplying time by giving yourself the emotional permission to invest time in things today that gives you more time tomorrow. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> bro, that joint like I don't mean to cut I don't mean to cut you off, Stephen, but it's like because one thing I be trying to like fully focus on and and this kind of outside the box, but. When you like really break it down, it makes sense. And Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now is a great book to have for this anyways. But um, to the quote, like, I don't really believe in the future. And before somebody be like, oh, you don't believe the future. Like, no, it's yeah, not even that. I, 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 yeah, listen, listen, that. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the future when you really think about it is now. Like the moment that we in right, right now right. is all caused from what we did in the past at this at a certain time aka the now of that time you know what i'm saying so right. when i look at that quote i'm like if let's say later years i want to retire and i want to i want to be in this i do whatever you know whatever you want to do if you invest that time right now or if you like i said you want to retire chill whatever if you invest that time right now your future will be that True. And again, you have to, don't get me wrong, like, oh, I'm best time now, then this XYZ, like, you have to plan accordingly. Grind but, now, shine later. Yeah, 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 exactly. That that That's really that. You, what you just said <laughs> that's is the, the nigga version of the book. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what you just said is like, is, is literally what it is because if you invest in the time now, 
you don't really i mean it'll pay off later your future will be what your now was at this moment you right. know what i'm saying speaking of investing though talk to since me. our last episode when we talked about blockchain bitcoin has been blowing the up yeah it's through been, the roof it's been through the roof for sure so this is a point of the episode where we ask for donations. We are now taking <laughs> payments through Bitcoin. So if you want the Coinbase account. Now look, cash out me the money and then I go on the Coinbase and buy it. Please, if you own some Bitcoin, throw a brother just half of one. I don't even want a full one. Just throw a brother half of one. You know, it takes a lot to get these episodes out here. We, just, we ain't got no producers, no engineers. It's just us. We everything. So if you want to donate, please just hit me up and let me know where you can send this bitcoin to and i would gladly appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> but man on a on a on a serious note especially since the last time we talked man a big thing that has been kind of going under the radar i we feel i should say um has been what's going on in libya man you want to crazy you want to kind of talk you know a little more give a give a in-depth and we will we'll kind of go you know as to why we feel this is important more so, but yeah, I'll yeah, let Brother Blue sure, talk a little more sure, about that. Um, like everything, like we talked about last episode, how everything is like a microwave with this era. So we saw how I, how I even saw about Libya was Lil Duval on Instagram. I saw the reposted picture and talking about people getting sold for $400. So Hold I on, stop real quick. Lil Duval then made two appearances on these. <laughs> the last episode. Hey, Shout Duval, out Lil Duval. Duval, we listening to you, boy. There was some rich broke stuff that, this way. You know, the hat, you know, the little I trade. I cut off, man, because I just said on a serious note. But yeah, man, talk about Olivia. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I saw it on social media. And of course, all the celebrities started talking about it, um, you know, posting about it. But like everything else, it was hype for a good, you know, two, three days. And then now we got a week later and nobody's talking about it. No major news is covering it or anything like that. And the, the problem is still going on. And what's the problem? What is the. So we know that. That there's a slave trade going on in Libya right now, but it's because Libya is pretty much seen as a, a transit hub for um, migrants and refugees from uh, countries like Senegal. Um, Eritrea, Sudan, Somalia, so sub-Saharan African countries that are migrating to try to enter into Europe. Mm -hmm. And Libya is that main transport transport hub because it's right there um, by the Mediterranean Sea. And most people, hold on, I don't mean to cut you, but I, I, I would say, I don't know, I'm not embarrassed to say it, but like when you see the location of Libya, you understand like with it being upper yeah, north, yeah, right by, yeah, you yeah. know, right by Egypt. So it's a, it's a prime location. Yeah. So these refugees are leaving these war-torn countries because it's a lot of civil war going on. They're fighting. They don't have opportunities. So they're taking all their money and everything. And the crazy thing is, is they're paying people to um, transport them through uh, the Sahara Desert and then paying them again to get them across the Mediterranean Sea to Europe. Mm -hmm. Now, what has happened is, is the EU has pushed to curb this migration and it has led to all of these refugees and migrants being stuck in Libya. Mm -hmm. So they don't have any money. They've paid all this money to these uh, quote unquote smugglers to help them get to Europe. And now the smugglers are like, yo, like, what? like if you don't have any more money, I'm gonna just sell you or I'm gonna make you a slave. You gonna work to, yep. to, to pay, to pay it off. Yep. Like women are turning into sex slaves. Um, uh, men are obviously being sold to work on farms or they're just being tortured and left in these like modern day concentration camps. And it's extremely crazy 
but it goes so much deeper into just that that surface level so that's what cnn showed and that's what mm-hmm. you know everybody talked about is oh this is slave trade but nobody talked about why exactly it happened yeah and, and why why it's getting to that point so let me ask you do you with with, with the the knowledge you know you we have on this do you think it's a bigger systematic issue here in terms of like the eu's influence or does it shed light on larger problems in the poor african countries i think it just shows how africa i mean that's i can answer it two part i think it just shows how africa as a country like when we talk about africa we always refer to we we think when you picture we we think of an african you think dark skin Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But Libya is an African country and you would think they're in the Middle East somewhere. Like, yeah. They're, they they don't even. I mean, Gaddafi uh, was very, very yeah, light. Like, yeah. He was, he was very, very light skin, you know. So, so we, we have this this picture painted of Africa as being this war torn country, which it is. But it's because of countries from Europe that have been trying to come in and colonize countries mm-hmm. from Asia that are coming to try to colonize mm-hmm. and pretty much control Africa because it's so um, naturally rich in resources. Yep. But Africans just don't understand that value themselves and how to monetize and be self-sufficient. Then when Gaddafi came in and he realized it and he was going to create his own currency. I was just about to talk about it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he was going to create his own currency Mm -hmm. and he was going to, you know, distance himself from European control and even American control. That's when things started to go bad in Libya, for one, but in Africa as a whole, because that was going to be something that was big for Africa as a whole. Yeah, because they so resource resource heavy into saying that. And since you you speaking on Gaddafi, like for me personally, I've seen a crazy power vacuum that has happened since his reign has has ended. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Since we went over and and, and got him out longer uh, help with you know Europe or whatnot since we got him out of power for being so quote unquote corrupt and things of that nature. Yeah. So what do you think about, you know, what is his, what ways does the end of Gaddafi's reign, I should say, I know you were kind of going into it, so I kind of cut you off there and, and just was Gaddafi in terms of what we know about him, was he as bad as he was portrayed, which leads into, you know, the media's influence. So you can kind of, I know I asked about five (laughs) questions in that one, but I'm just, I feel like they all kind of go together in terms of just what have you seen since Gaddafi, you know, has left and how has the media's impact influence in terms of perspectives of how we view, because just like you said, when we think about Africa, we think about dark skin, you know, just Mm -hmm. just think about this one skin, but how do you think that has has played an effect? Because Libya, you know, was the first developing country to secure, you know, majority share of their revenues from its own oil production. Exactly. So that's that was big. I think that was in nineteen in the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighty, and that was Gaddafi when Gaddafi first came into power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was unprecedented at the time because, like Libya, um, Iraq, all those countries are so rich in oil, and that's why the United States had such an interest in them mm-hmm. at the time, and that's why you know all those foreign powers would go in and try to, you know, quote unquote, help them. But I'm gonna first talk about the media because the media is so powerful but it's only controlled by the the small amount of people is is you got to be super careful about where you get your information from yeah because like i said like when you're a kid and all you see is especially in america all you see about africa is a say the children say the woods make a donation over here and they chasing like 
elephants and they just living crazy and it's like dang nah bro nah it's not like that at all but if if all you see is mainstream media that's all that's the only picture only thought you're gonna have about africa now the same goes for Gaddafi, especially in the united states we had the president obama talking about how he was you know just going around mm -hmm. killing women and children mm -hmm. he was such a threat mm -hmm. and when really libya was libya was the shit <laughs> like i mean that, it, bro that, that is the only way to really put it because you're like yo you can go study for free study for free free health care health care free housing like, like what free housing to every citizen in libya gaddafi said told his own parents look i can't get you a house you have to stay in your tent and then i i won't get you a house until i make sure every libyan has a has a home themselves right. and his really father ended up dying before he can even give him, give his parents, give his parents a house. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like you, you, when you, like you said, if you let the media tell you something, and we're not saying that everybody's perfect, because I feel like everybody, you know, make mistakes. But if you a hundred percent let the media tell you, like, oh, this is bad, this is that, this is that, without like looking into it for yourself, because like we say, mm -hmm. you know, from the beginning, we want you to, we we give in depth analysis on things, but. We want you to take this information and actually go look for yourself and you formulate your own experience because belief is one thing, but that belief becomes liberating when you experience it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So just like we're talking about this, man, in the sense, you know, we want other people to, to, to go out about it. But it's some very interesting stuff, man. And even you put me on some stuff that I didn't know from just documentaries and things that really show what's going on in Libya, not only with the slave trade, but how Libya was before this power vacuum help because if you go from a timeline standpoint really since gaddafi's ending i should say it's just been power like i was saying it's just you know power vacuum power vacuum destroyed i mean they destroyed all the infrastructure um pictures you know, are crazy you see before and after like yeah. just some year two years like maybe. Li libya could have been dubai dubai in in five years if yeah if you would have stayed like, and that's real talk. like <laughs> don't take our word for this please yeah. look into how libya they used to have was set crew, up. they used to have cruise ships that traveled to libya one of the one of like one of the six yeah. most traveled to destinations on cruises in the world. But just think about how how rich Libya itself was when it could provide free healthcare, free education, and free public housing. Crazy. And all resources. it had all, all, all at the time, all it had was oil money. That's it. Yep. So if they would have took that plus plus the 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 gold dinar, which was going to be Gaddafi's currency, which is going to be I mean not Gaddafi, but Libya's currency was going to be backed by gold. And see, I was just about to say, simply put, gold dinar. I mean, you look into it too, but it's basically money backed by your resources, what resources you have, how it should be. But we're not going to get into how back the currency used to be. But yeah, how it used more. to be back in the day. Then they took all our gold, but we're not going to get into that. You know. So Libya was about to put the whole oil trade and market on his back because it was gonna say we're no longer accepting u.s dollars for our, our oil you now have to pay us in this gold dinar so your your wealth of your currency is gonna be based on how much gold you have in france united states was like oh hell no nah. <laughs> you didn't exactly. got a little bit too big for your britches oh boy you got to calm down and that's when the whole because Gaddafi used to talk so highly of Obama when he first got elected. Mm -hmm. He used to talk so highly of Obama. Mm -hmm. Obama went to meet with him. He went with him, like etc. And mm -hmm. the French were great friends with Gaddafi. And then as soon as this gold dinar came about, um, they started to see Libya flourishing and wanting to seek um, true independence. They were like, Nah, you you got something that we need, <laughs> and we're making money off of it. And either you gonna get it, either you gonna get down, or you gonna lay down. Yeah, pretty plain much. and simple. 
Plain and simple. We already know we how know what happened. And and th- that that's like a perfect segue to when you were talking about the uh, U.S. and Europe influence. But another a big name player, man, that that goes into it is uh, China's influence, man, in Africa. China, China, China. Yeah, and it just kind of I, I well, for one, I mean, it's a lot of parts to this, but we can talk about China's taking jobs as president trump said it taking all the jobs and doing things of that nature like what do you feel in terms of the automation because that's the biggest thing china just automates a lot of stuff and right and invest heavily in, in africa right now building up those those um industries which were i mean we, we could say a little bit slow to get on them to the um side of manufacturing and things like that so they're putting a lot of they've been a lot of infrastructures roads factories in china mm-hmm. but the thing is is that most of most of the chinese are moving then to africa and taking these jobs from africa so yeah and it's a it's a big i mean it's i feel like it's a it's a bigger issue and it's like slowly happening to where you can't really see it but like how we talked about america we already know about america and europe's influence in africa like it's it's been so long and it's so like I don't want to say problematic because I feel like some stuff helped, but a lot of times when you really dig into investments that go on or and things of that nature, you really kind of see that like these investments are for the benefit of the people investing only and not for you know the whole I should say of the people. Not on not saying that the businesses can't invest and benefit, but the whole of the people because we see a lot of investment going on. And only the top players, I should say, in the hierarchy of the pay right. chain are the only ones kind of benefit, you know, benefiting from it. So it's like, and the thing, the way the Chinese kind of doing it is, America and Europe are turning down, I should say, um, what I want to say, loans, loan requests that African countries are are asking for, you know, to right. help build their infrastructure, like you were saying, mm-hmm. and the Chinese is just like. Oh yeah, cool. We good. Like <laughs> yeah. we'll give you that money, and we won't touch your government. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So it's kind of like a slow, like undermine because you look at it and you like, oh dang, that's great. But then when you think about the global mindset, it's like China is going. China is going to be what America wants to be. <laughs> some way, some <laughs> some way, somehow, man, they 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 gonna figure out a way. They they're gonna they're gonna figure out. I mean, we read the art of Mandarin being taught in. South Africa, South like, Africa. Being not saying it's school. a prime language, but it's just being taught there, and it's just like, yo. So now we got Europe and its big self, yeah. America and its big self. <laughs> we already know Russia has some play there, and now we got China. So we really have like the four uh, every world powers in there. Every world powers, and that, but that kind of goes to show you what we were talking about the resources, the resources aspect. Just it goes to show how much if if Africans knew how to i don't want to say play the game because i don't uh, like yeah, the, uh, but the thing is is that africans have to learn how to play the game like they have to learn how to monetize agree but it's not in you know, i don't want to say our nature but it's it's not in the original people of africa's nature to want to be greedy to colonize to take things over like you you never heard a story of you know egyptian pharaohs or you know african kings going over to egypt and saying I plant my flag here. This is now African land, you know, such and such. Like that was never mm-hmm. in their nature because 
we and it might about. be some stories where this is. I want people to be nitpicking. It might be some stories yeah. where that may have happened. Yeah. You have your, but we just speaking from a broad hundred thousand foot view. Yeah, yeah. Of what's going on? I mean, I want to say definitely they're not perfect for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, of course, in everything, there's gonna be you know fights between, um, you know, the, the same people. Mm-hmm, like you know, mm-hmm. we live in the same neighborhood. We we see each other all the time. We gonna yep. fight. It's gonna be a power struggle. Yeah, but. I don't, it was never on the scale of, you know, the Europeans, Arabs, or the, the Asians. Um, and that's because it was more so about Africans wanting to share their resources with the world rather than, um, you know, capitalize off them. But the bigger picture or the, the bigger kind of, you know, thought that I have about it is why is, you know, China, Europe, America so concerned with Africa? And it's obviously because of the resources and the money that can be made from them. But I think it's also. And inferiority complex. Inferiority complex because they see that how, the potential. Yeah, they see how rich mm-hmm. Africa is, mm-hmm. and they like, dang, I want that. I can't. Ha- I don't have that here. I can't. I can't grow oil. I can't grow all these wild fruits and and vegetables. I don't have all these exotic animals and I don't have all this access to uh, seas and all this land. Um it's just the it's it's just the to piggyback on what you said, um, from the capitalistic mindset, you know, you in, in the playing the game aspect, capitalism, you know, plays a, a big part, aka growth, you know, however yeah. you want to do in in and greed plays a factor into that. But the ironic thing about the capitalism aspect is most people don't like to share the capitalism aspect. No. And when you look into the Africa situation with Europe and the US, I feel like the Europe and US US kind of hand in hand. I mean they have their differences, but I feel like, you know, when when they move about stuff, they 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 work hand in hand. But it's funny that they allow China to do this. And I'm not gonna say they're allowing because at the end of the day it's gonna be a race. Oh, for yeah. that, you know oh, what I'm yeah. saying. But and another thing, before you say, my bad, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Another way, learning. back, back, back to the whole Libya thing, mm-hmm. and is in Africa mm-hmm. as a whole. These countries, like the United States, like um, you know France and Europe, and uh, I mean countries in Europe rather, uh, will invade. We invaded Iraq, we invaded Iran, we invaded Libya, and now it's Syria. But it's all behind this mask of humanitarianism and spreading democracy mm-hmm. but all that means is they got some shit i, I need i could get money for <laughs> and, and i can figure out what's going because on because colonialism no, you know that it's been six years since gaddafi has been killed and libya isn't anywhere closer to being a democratic country yeah oh no it's it's it's, it's not forget closer it is definitely a hundred percent um repelled from that aspect but like i was saying from the investment side when one thinks about china and you're like i mean if you think kind of in depth you're like hey the u.s and europe letting china into this but it's really not about a let thing because when you kind of dig into the u.s and china relations you kind of see and this goes into when you whenever you hear china attacks quote unquote i should say mm-hmm. you need to kind of look a little be weary and look a little more in depth because the U.S. debt to China is $1.2 trillion, and that was as of August 2013. So that's 30% of the $3.5 trillion in treasury bills, notes, and bonds held by foreign countries. <laughs> so when you, <laughs> when you look at it, it's like... Now you wonder why 17 of your shirts say made in China. <laughs> I mean, granted, they, you know, they'll take, you know, from a, from a trading aspect, I should say, 
you know, it, it it does good to U.S. and China to have good relations because, you know, yeah, they both I mean, can. It's a mutual benefit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a mutual. But it's just when you think about, it, like I said, from a business standpoint, it, it it's crazy. And by owning the, the Treasury notes, China, it helps China's economy grow, which, you know, by keeping its currency weaker than the dollar. Of course, you really all know the dollar head honcho when it comes to currencies and things of that nature. Right. And it keeps the Chinese exports cheaper than the U.S. products, which we can we're going to go into more about the automation that i mean really that could kind of lead into the automation aspect of it because china's so advanced in technology and manufacturing and they have so much they have so much land and resources that they're able to just put up these low-cost factories and have people work in them for next to nothing yeah and, and that's what that's what Trump was talking about with the, with you know with the china aspect when he's saying china taking all our jobs and all our jobs but i want to ask you like how do you feel about automation and companies using automation? Because like I say, I read a little good example. It was like, it, we used to walk in the factory and there'd be hundreds of workers. Yeah. Now you walk in the factory, it's a few workers and they're monitoring the robots that <laughs> exactly. are working for this. So how do you feel about the automation aspect as a whole? And then I'll kind of dig into like more companies as well. How do you, how do you feel about that? And just automation? I definitely think, I mean, automation is just a sign of the times. I think it's, you know, something that's inevitable within the next probably 10 years, you won't see a lot of blue collar manufacturing jobs. And I work for a manufacturing company mm -hmm. and I go on these plant visits and I only see, you know, six people, you know, controlling 17 machines and the rest is everything <laughs> automated by a computer. And it's like, wow, well, yep. see that. And these are most of the, most of manufacturing plants are in small towns, middle of nowhere that actually depend on those jobs. So mm -hmm. when you look at it that way, you like these people don't really have the access to education and uh, knowledge to be able to learn the skills to be able to survive. So when you look at it that way, all the jobs are going to be in twenty years techno technology based, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and, and the way we go on, the way we way we look at it, yeah, you, you, know, have it's, to know it's gonna, you have to know something. Photoshop ain't going to just cut. <laughs> That's going to be the, they going to teach that in yeah. elementary school. Exactly. Photoshop, like yo, we've been learned about that. We already know how to use this. And keep in mind, I'm for the automation with a balance. So right now, it may be a balance, but I don't think I still want the human interaction. But I just look at it like when you automate things, it it time is for me time is gold like time is the top yeah. money whatever whatever you want to call time however you look at time money and all that it's up there for me like the top it is up there because i feel like if i can get my time back yeah. i don't really have to you know it's certain stuff i don't want to do but like i always keep in mind and keep reiterating that it's just all about balance man but if automation can get me to a four-hour work week, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, who, who knows where it's going? But in terms of like the automation in in China, and you know, we Trump President Trump saying, "Oh, blame China, blame China, blame China." But a lot of American factories or American companies, I should say, and especially with one of the biggest, the biggest e-commerce in Amazon. Mm -hmm are taking thousands and hundreds of thousands and if not millions of jobs due to it. Like this is the balancing act I'm talking about right here because it's like, yo, Amazon really is taking, you know what I'm saying? All of these jobs like this, like from automation, it's like, I love yeah. Amazon. You know, we love exactly. we all for the Amazon, but it's just like, dang, at what point, you know, does that stop or how does that keep going? You know? And that's the crazy thing. Cause 
like how Trump says, oh, uh, China's taking all these jobs. Like, they ain't the only ones. But I don't even think, I, I, that's a, I, I can't blame China. Like, I can't blame China because they got low wages. That's not their fault. That's yeah. just that's their society. But it's these companies that care so much about their bottom line that they saying, oh, shit, labor's costing us, you know, $70,000 a month. We need to look at some some cheaper workers or some cheaper facilities. And China provides that. It's not all, it's, you, you can't blame them for that. It's these companies in their obsession over the bottom line. To that, just making everything automated. So where yeah. you might have some people pushing out an assembly line doing something, they just got robots doing exactly. this now. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It, it, so, the, so the outsourcing to China is one thing, but I feel like what was downplayed a lot is a lot of American companies. And I mean, a lot of it's due to the corporate tax rate too. They put you know the stuff overseas, but a lot of American companies definitely are on the automation route and they are taking like china can't be the only one to blame as to oh we're taking our jobs back from china from what uh trump said you know so they, <laughs> they can't be the only one to blame when i'm sitting here reading and looking about amazon um and all these big companies automating things yeah yeah it's 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 entirely too crazy but the other thing i saw on amazon is they was having the workers work like 15 hours on their feet or some continue and they said the, the working mm -hmm. condition this was an american the, like their american mm -hmm. facilities and they're saying they gotta call ambulances sometime the people be mm -hmm. falling out working mm -hmm. so on. i was like but see that, they need me, that's what <laughs> hey, i was just about to say because that's where my part come in when i was just saying like yo they may need some yeah. maybe like two machines in there that could take you know two or granted someone i don't encourage anyone losing their jobs but you know, if if that's what it, it may cost, you know, you you may can help them find another job or, or put them in a yeah. you know another area to it's, where it's such a balance in that because Amazon is so big, they employ so many. It's, it's just so like, big, it's just like Walmart. Like they had three hundred thousand jobs. I you think, can yeah. always get a job at Walmart if you know things. And I'm bad. talking about Amazon at that when I said that. Yeah. And now Amazon is like that same thing with kids that you know don't go to college or something like that. They can go get a decent paying job at Amazon and you know do okay for themselves. Yeah. So the last thing I want to kind of dig into here, it's been a big discussion. Um, real big discussion. Yeah, real big, actually, um, is net neutrality and uh, what it is and kind of how politics are getting played out in this as well. I still don't know what that is. Yeah, well, I still, still don't. <laughs> man, same here, man, because it's just so much little different stuff floating around, but you know, it's it's some it's some stuff we can give you that solidify facts. We not we don't have a side to this or anything about it, but we just want to give you the research kind of we found to kind of help more so with you know the layman's terms. Yeah, 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 the layman's terms and understanding like, it because it's very confusing. But if you're going off just the political volleyball going on, you have well before we even go into that, let's let's just break down that neutrality. So. Yeah, let's talk about net neutrality because I need to understand this a little bit better. I know you've been doing some research on it. So let's tell the people, what exactly is net neutrality? Yeah, so net neutrality more so just like it's not a cold-hearted definition, like fun, like a straight definition, more of a concept. And right. it's, it, it protects and enables free speech, you know, on the Internet, meaning that Internet service providers – also known as ISPs, can't discriminate, you know, any applications over these networks. So to put it in even more layman's terms, internet service providers, they should treat all data that travel over their networks, you know, fairly right. and just without improper discrimination in favor of particular apps and services and things of that nature. Because we did have 
um, something like that with a cash app. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I saw that um, T-Mobile. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was <laughs> T-Mobile. They had that. the ISIS pay app. Yeah, and they had their <laughs> own paying app. So we 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 did see that a little bit, but yeah, that's net neutrality from a a concept standpoint of what it is. Um, just base a basic understanding. Now, what's really going on when we were talking about political volleyball is you kind of have the media's version of net neutrality that people are giving you. So I'm going to just let Brother Blue kind of break that down as well because he's been digging into that and seeing. But it's just different sides to it, and you'll kind of see as the conversation goes along here. But Exactly. So So what's been going on in the media with net neutrality? When I was looking at, because I I forgot, I think it's John Oliver that has the show on um, Comedy Central, like the Daily Show or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was big on net neutrality, you know, five years ago or three years ago when it came out and Mm -hmm. got people to go on the FCC website to Mm -hmm. make sure they enforced it or whatever. Um, and then I watched this video again thinking, all right, he's going, he's a pretty legitimate, you know, piece of, or a method to get information from. So let me see and better understand what this whole net neutrality thing is. So from, from my take on it, I think the media, um, you know, companies like the Netflixes and, and Googles are coming out and saying that the FCC has to pass net neutrality and more importantly the open internet order which classified internet service providers like Verizon and Time Warner etc as common character carriers and and expressively ban things like throttling blocking and paid prioritization so pretty much companies can pay to get faster um, speeds over the network or you know your internet service provider could block you from seeing certain websites. So the whole free and open internet thing, quote unquote, is what was being pushed in the media and a lot of things I read. So I'm thinking, damn, if the FCC don't pass this uh, net yep. neutrality, we've got to be like China for real. So, <laughs> but I know when you was telling me, it's like way deeper than that. So I was like, man, like it's crazy how the media, like we were talking about earlier, can can change a whole narrative and have you believe in one thing and really it's, 10 times deeper parts of the story. So I'm going to let you go into that. Yeah, and even with that, man, it's, it's, it's even confusing. But like I say, it's just stuff we more so found about it. Um, and yeah, in it, it basically, the it, it shows what the chairman says he wants to repeal. And, and like I said, this document was released on May 23rd per the document. And he wants just to- Just now hearing about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, think it, I think it was still not, I can only speculate because I didn't see it before and I didn't research it before, but if it was released on May 23rd, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure it was there for public information. Now, if people were leading you that direction to see it, that's a whole nother story. You know what I'm saying? But um, yeah. And in it, he just wants to amend uh, 47 CFR part eight. And I'm, I'm saying just amend, but he wants to amend 47 CFR part eight. 47 is the reference to the chapter of the, Code of Federal Regulations, CFR, that deals with telecommunications, and 47 CFR Part 20. Now, Part 8, what Brother Blue was talking about with what a lot of people are going around with, um, Section 8, I should say, as a whole, 8.5, 8.7, and 8.9 have, they cover no throttling, no blocking, and no pay prioritization. Yeah, that's that's what the media is saying is pretty much – what we should care about is yeah, 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 and that's that's I feel like that's very big if it's not there because 
is it, it could you know possibly have a long-term effect on right. us you know with competition and stuff like that with these big companies but um in it he wants to do he wants to part eight in it and you see he wants to repel and reserve section 8.11 now 8.11 basically states uh from an overview that no unreasonable interference or unreasonable disadvantage standard for internet conduct uh that's just 8.11 it goes a little more into that i'm sure you can look it up and see but like i said in the CFR, 8.5, 8.7, 8.9 are the three things that most people are worried about, and they're not getting repelled per this document. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's yeah. kind of like you looking at it, you read, like, dang, man, like, so he might not really be, you know, <laughs> uh, wanting to take the internet, quote unquote, away from us because it's really not that bad when you look at it. And part 20, I don't want to leave this out, but part 20 basically wants to change the definitions of commercial uh, mobile radio service, interconnected service, and public switch uh, network. Not really, I didn't really get into that. I, I'm sure one thing, big thing is when you change definitions, you know, that changes the law, kind right. of from what I've learned just in the past with things. Exactly. So, um, my thing is the, like, what is there to gain from us being, because I feel like we're, us consumers now that the vote has passed are even more confused as to, like, what exactly is going on because, like, we were talking about, we didn't have net neutrality in 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, or 14. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't and nobody there. knew anything different from the internet. I can play devil's advocate a little bit and say, like, companies weren't as huge in combining you yeah, know as it yeah. was at that time so that could be another reason why but yeah from a big overview standpoint like you said we really didn't have it so you really didn't know but the 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 biggest thing that the fcc i guess their goal more so is to promote you know investment i should say yeah um, and that's the thing like i mean i understand man i mean i got sprint so any investment from them would be well <laughs> to, get, to get this service a little bit better but it's like i mean our america is only but so big what where else are they expanding to get these networks faster it's, it's like the whole hyperloop thing we had talked about mm -hmm, before like mm -hmm. where, where are they gonna put all of it yeah i, I mean from an inf infrastructure like to me Hyperloop from an infrastructure standpoint is 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 I have that question because America has a terrible infrastructure, <laughs> but that's a whole nother subject. But like and I was you know, seeing with, things about my bad, I mean, mm, nah, but I was good. seeing things about companies saying like net neutrality wasn't gonna affect their investments when it was passed originally. So is it really or yeah, is it's it just it's, a, it's it, and that's why I say, man, it's a lot of political volleyball because like I say, it's another document going around um that's not on the FCC site and doing a little research and seeing some people uh, research it, um, they were able to find it on the transition uh, FCC.gov site. And it basically like wants to repel all of Section 8, <laughs> yeah. which it would, would cover no blocking, no throttling. And so it's like, you're kind of worried because it's like, hold on now. So one yeah. document released in May says this, and then another document not on the FCC site released in November actually says this. So it's right. like, you know and what do we like what because that didn't come out till recently till after the vote went down that we found like access to this new document yeah or whatever yeah. and that's why i said that's why that, that's why i was saying i mean you just really 
if it wasn't for people just one off going to research for themselves, because like you say, it's a lot of noise going around. So if you just like, if you take net neutrality face value, you either gonna pick a side you do or don't right. want to rebel. Like you're not looking, but I'm really kind of like in the middle cause I just don't know. And that's the scary part. Cause you really just don't know what really is going on because the stuff that's, you know, you're supposed to have privilege too, I should say. It's not there when you're, you know, really looking for it. And like exactly. and to the investment part, it's just more so to get this, you know, internet service, I should say, in underserved areas more so, you know, just like out in, I mean, I even say, we even go, I'll say out in the country where my grandparents stay, like when I go out of <laughs> their house, man, I never have service, you yeah, know, and, that's, and that's, yeah, I think it's, it's more so, so the, for the rural areas, because <laughs> yeah. we're not used to it, yeah. so we wouldn't, because yep. I'm like, yep. man, what, what are they going to do in Charlotte, like, you know what I'm saying, but. Yeah, that makes sense because out in rural areas, you really don't out in the mountains. You really don't. Yeah, you just you 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 really don't know, man. And so to kind of like wrap it up and 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 get a, a just a big you know overview of it, it's just more so like I would just tell people to kind of you know research yourself. Feel free to email us about it. I, I should send you the sites that I use if you want to know some more and kind of email them with judgment. the donation of the <laughs> or, uh, you know something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just I mean, it's is is it's really kind of confused. I mean, the argument is out there that net neutrality since it got repealed, uh, it's gonna hurt the consumer with the ISPs having a pay to play mindset. But there's been a lot of um lawsuits going on too. Like yep. how many different states are trying to sue the FCC now? And see, there we go with the political volleyball, because the majority of the states that's wanting to sue the FCC are Democratic states. And then ah, next yeah. year, uh it's some house seats and senate seats up for votes i've not some it's a i think the majority if i'm not uh mistaken are up for so it's like you know this is an issue to kind of get people back in. wait 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 wait. now i don't even want to get into the uh the politics but i can definitely understand how um these politicians and, and representatives that are up to have their seats voted on next year are using this um to leverage their consensus and try to get support and back and to be able to stay in control um, but before we get into all that, we're going to wrap it up. <laughs> Good episode. Uh, remember, like, share, subscribe. Hashtag Random Series is the podcast. And we out.